Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Even If podcast. I am your host, Christy Lowe, and I have a special guest with me here today. I'd like to introduce you to the one and only Jamie Heisinga. Hello. Welcome. Thank you, Christy. You're welcome. Glad to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Jamie and I have known each other for a long time. We have done Bible studies together for years, and when I realized that telling stories was really no fun to talking to the air and no one in particular, I decided that I needed a sidekick. And Jamie has an incredible heart for God. So I have no doubt that she will have amazing insight and I love her heart. So she is a tremendous asset to any conversation I'm a part of. So Jamie also happens to like icebreakers a lot. And I asked her if she would like to do an icebreaker today. And I think she's willing. Yep. Icebreaker queen. Okay. Question today. Would you rather have Italian food or Mexican food? I want Italian food without the carbs. (laughs) 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 What do you want? I want Mexican food. Chips and salsa all day. Tortillas all day. Okay. Mexican all day. I love a bowl of pasta, but chips and salsa forever. See, and this actually typifies Jamie and I to a T. If there is anyone more daylight and dark different, it would be the two of us. Jeez. So there you go. That's us in a nutshell. We have our first story today. Yes. And it was really fun doing the trailer, said no one ever. And so I'm really glad to go ahead and get started. Before you start, where did the name Even If come from? I went through a season several years ago. I was in a place where I had to make a deliberate choice whether I was going to trust God or not. I didn't understand why this situation was happening. I had to decide, am I going to choose him and trust his plan for me, even if? And that's where I came from. I think we all go through those moments, those places where we have to choose faith. And as the years passed after that season... I began to notice other people's even if moments. And I think they're worth sharing. Sometimes they happen the way that we pray for it. And sometimes God answers our prayers in different ways. I think the heart of it is getting to a place where we trust him no matter what. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. So that being said, before we get started, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. This story may be a little bit hard for younger ears. And although I will do my best to limit the grotesqueness, please be advised that the events that unfolded may be a little traumatic for younger kiddos. So listener discretion advised. I'd like to introduce you to Carrie and Joel Thompson. They have three kids, Molly, Troy, and Luke. And what I love about Carrie and Joel is they tell their kids something every day, okay? They tell their kids, be strong and courageous, be a good leader, and shine like Jesus. I love that. When my kids were little, and this is no joke, I would say to them, be a blessing and don't end up on CNN. So I'm pretty sure that Carrie and Joel are like knocking it out of the park. Yes, Um, definitely. Like think about it. You tell your kids those three things every day. How powerful is that? Definitely. I love that they were deliberate about that. So the story begins with their youngest child, Luke. Luke was nine at the time. 
And it happened to be March of 2020, which everybody remembers. And I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, we all remember March. The COVID. <laughs> the, the Rona. It was actually March 14th, 2020. It was the Saturday yeah. the governor called for the yes. stay at home. It was that Saturday. So Luke is outside. He's playing with his neighbor in his neighbor's backyard. Carrie is in the house, but Joel, her husband, is about to leave for the hardware store. Okay. And as he is walking out to his truck, he begins to hear screams. And it wasn't just, oh, he pinched me. You understand the kids when a kid is hurt. Yes. And when a kid is upset. Absolutely. This was the kind of scream that a parent immediately knows there is a major problem. And Joel immediately runs to the backyard. When he gets to the backyard, he realizes that they're not in the backyard, but he can still hear the screaming. And from the way it's coming, he begins to realize that it's coming from the next door neighbor's house. Now we're all in West Texas, y'all. So we have a lot of neighborhoods that have like half acre or acre lots. And the Thompson's home was on a half an acre lot. So big space. If you're trying to imagine this and you live in a city. It's a good distance. Oh yeah. He begins to realize it's next door, but he can't get to the neighbor's house. There's not like a gate real close where he could just run over there, run through. It's a real tall fence. He can't jump. He's got to go around. So he has to run back out the backyard all the way around the front yard and all the way in front of their neighbor's house because the garage and the gate was on they were on like opposite sides Mm -hmm. when you're trying to get to your child yeah you can hear what's going on you're trying to get there i'm talking like blood curdling screams yes continuously yes i can't even imagine being joel no at this point the panic oh and knowing holy crap something has happened i can't get to my kid yes when he gets to the backyard he sees luke is covered in blood. So he immediately calls 911 and runs back to the house to get Carrie. And initially they have no idea what's happened because by the time Joel got to the backyard, someone had pulled Luke under the back porch and they're trying to stop the blood on his face and the back of his leg. As they're waiting for the medics to arrive, they begin to put the story together. Luke and his little friend had been in the backyard playing like our kids all do and jumping on the trampoline, which our kids, a lot of our kids do. Yes. And he had decided to pick up uh, the neighbor's dog and try to put the neighbor's dog on the trampoline. Okay. But unfortunately, when he did that, the animal turned on Luke. Okay. There's a difference between getting bit by a dog and being attacked or mauled by a dog. Yes. And this was 1,000% a mall. And I think it would be easy for people who are listening to probably stop and go, he shouldn't have picked that dog up and blah, 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 blah. But kids are kids. Of course. Unless you've been around a dog or any animal that isn't friendly, it's hard to know. And so you think they're all family dogs and that he probably didn't even think of it. Oh, yeah. That anything would happen and... They were trying to play with the dog on the trampoline. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And to, to his credit, we had a yellow lab when our kids were babies, and we had a trampoline. Yeah. And there were days where Lucy, our yellow lab, would spend as much time on the trampoline as like as our kids did. Yeah. Like, she loved jumping on the trampoline. Yes. She was an idiot. <laughs> but she was the best dog. But so I can totally see 
my kid being at somebody else's house and going, oh my gosh, let's put him on the trampoline. In my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally get it. So please don't, if you're listening to this, like remember he's a child. He is nine years old and he was doing what kids do. Yes. He was being a kid. Yes. That's all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Back to the story. So as they put the pieces together and realized that this dog had attacked Luke and Carrie begins to start looking and he's covered in blood so it's hard to tell but you can see that he has bites literally all over his body i can't imagine i know no he had bites on the back of his neck down his back on the back of his arms and a really bad one on the back of his leg his forehead was split open from the right tear duct so go as close to your tear duct as you can get and it did not he did not get the tear duct praise god for that oh huge and it went up his to his forehead and had split his forehead open and then the one of the hardest things for Carrie to see, she looked over and there was literally a chunk of his skin missing. Oh my gosh. I know, out of his right temple. Ugh. And so they rush him, the ambulance rushes him to the hospital. Yes. But if you remember at the beginning of the story, I told you it's March 14th. So they have to drive, they follow the ambulance to the hospital. When they get to the ER, they can't go back with him i can't imagine that nope me neither i would uh uh-uh. i would be losing it already even worse at that point you and me both and i know that back then the hospital was doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing but as a mama and a daddy yeah like that just i have chills all over my body thinking about not being able to be with my child no eventually somebody went get these parents back to this kid right you can imagine the er waiting room and then you go through like those the double doors i don't know if you've ever been in an er i hope you haven't i hope you're unfamiliar (laughs) with the way er's work but generally there's a waiting room there's double doors Mm -hmm. and then behind those double doors there are usually like a corridor or a series of rooms where they like triage patients yes carrie and jill were allowed back and they're walking down the hall and they can hear sweet luke screaming at the top of his lungs over and over be strong and courageous be strong and courageous just to himself over and over they hadn't been able to get his pain under control at this point i cannot even fathom how guttural that was no but as he lay there in unimaginable pain their nine-year-old was reaching out to God in his darkest hour. Yes. He underwent a four-hour surgery to piece him back together, to sew him back up. They had to reconstruct and do skin grafting on his temple. They had to immobilize his leg. His leg had to have so many stitches that they had to immobilize him for several (sighs) weeks. It was like, holy moly course he was in the hospital that night and the next day the surgeon came by to check on him and he looked at Luke and he goes buddy you were so strong and courageous the faith it took that little boy and he wasn't in there yelling why God why did you let this happen he was asking God for the courage and the strength to deal with it yes and I love that the three things they tell their kids every day are to be strong and courageous be a good leader and to shine like Jesus 
and that kid was shining like Jesus in the in the middle of the worst. I think I bravo to Joel and Carrie. Bravo to instill that in their child that in his moment of desperation, the only thing that he had in him were truths. Be strong and courageous. Be a leader. Be like Jesus. Shine like Jesus. So I think when you strip everything away, you are just at that point of desperation. Like you said, the darkest hour. Strong and courageous. There's a phrase that I've heard years ago, and I have zero idea who to give credit to it. But it's it goes, what's down in your well comes up in your bucket. Mm. And... We're from the South, so we have all sorts of <laughs> we have all sorts of random sayings. But what's down in your well comes up in your bucket, and I truly believe that's what it, that was what was down in his well. Like that was what they had woven into the fabric of his life was be strong and courageous, because there's going to be a time and a place where you have to be strong and courageous. Yes, yes. Of course, there's no way they had any idea that this would be what happened. But just how beautiful it is that they had given him that. Yes. And how important is it for us as believers? It's probably a little better than don't end up on CNN. I think that's great. Don't end up on CNN. But I'm pretty sure that be strong and courageous, be a good leader, and shine shine like like Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Pretty sure. Y'all do not think I'm a bad parent. I have two amazing, freaking amazing kids. Yes, they're great kids. They also just happen to have a mom with a sense of humor. Um but i think it's so important that as parents we help our kids have those truths but then for us as believers what is it you're telling yourself yes what are you putting in yourself because when the time for action comes it's too late to prepare so true so true yeah christy has luke now this was two two and a half years ago at this point how is he now completely recovered like he had absolutely no nerve damage, which is a, a miracle. Oh, 100%. Like 100% miracle that he did not have any nerve damage. He plays football. He's in junior high. <laughs> Love he it. Plays, I know, right? We're in West Texas, y'all. So this is what you do. <laughs> you <Right>. play sports. <laughs> you play sports. Anyways, he is doing really well. And how does Luke feel about dogs now? Okay. that And that's what's surprising is she, Carrie said that, when they'll see dogs out now, that yeah. he'll still go up to them. And instead, now he goes, may I please pet your dog? And so he, of course, has, there's a healthy respect there. Yes. So often when we have trauma. Yep. Shut our, it down. Oh yeah. Shut it down. Never going to have a dog. Never going to touch right. dogs. Never. I think that's just God's protection over him to yes. just go, that there's a healthy balance there right. now. He uh, physically met his needs and he mentally met his needs. Exactly. I love that for sure. The reason why I even know this story is because Carrie and I work in the same office and I was telling her about the podcast one afternoon and as I was preparing for it and she said, I have an even if story myself. And then she begins to tell me all this and I was like, oh my gosh, can I please tell this story? And Here's the cool thing. She said, I'm okay with it, but I need to ask Luke. I need to make sure it's okay with him. And I love that she just, as a mom, respect your children and know that anybody in the world could hear this. So she goes home and she's talking to Luke and she tells him, hey, listen, Miss Christy wants to share your story. And I just want to know, is this okay? Like, would it be okay 
for her to tell this story on her podcast. And he goes, of course, mom, but it's not my story. This is God's story. I can't imagine at 11, 12 12, years old, 12 years old, already being able to recognize that. I think even at nine years old, being put in a situation like he was and having to experience that and the recovery of that. He has gone through so much that even most adults don't understand the physical pain, the healing, all of it. And he still recognizes. Yes. He still recognizes that God is, this is still God's. Yeah. I experienced it, but it was still God. Uh, can you imagine like, some of the mistakes I've made in my life? If I had that much wisdom at 12 years old, I yes. could have avoided so much pain and heartbreak. Yes. But what an amazing kid. When she told me that he had said that, that it was God's story, not his, I was like, there he goes again, shining like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, just yes. amazing. I think I'm taking the parent's perspective. I cannot imagine what Carrie and Joel had to go through. And so I think as parents, we'd rather take on that hurt ourselves. And so, yes, this is definitely Luke's story, but it's also part of Carrie and Joel's stories. And so I think for all of them to be able to honor God through that and see his hand in it, it's, I think that's my biggest takeaway. They did an, obviously an incredible thing by instilling those truths in their children. Then in time of desperation, mm. that is what Luke could cling to. And then being able to live through it. I think mm. that's the hardest part is having to experience not only the event, but the aftermath. Yes. And to be able to stand here two and a half years later and be able to say, even if. And to testify to his goodness. Yes. Even no matter what. Yes. Even if. I think I had, I, what's funny is I had, I wrote down one takeaway, but as you were talking, I had another one. So I'm going to share both. The first one was that I see such a beautiful parallel between Joel as a father and our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. I saw him desperate to get to his child and stopping at nothing. Yes. He stopped at nothing to find him. And to me, that is just such a beautiful picture of, and I can't imagine what Joel went through, not being able to get to his child and for it to take so long. But what Joel did as a parent is such a beautiful picture of the way God pursues us. Yes. And the way he will come running for us. Yes. When we cry out. And I, that's, that actually just, that straight up just hit me. Yes. And even though I didn't see, I didn't witness it, like I can just see it in my mind, this daddy running yes. with everything in him to get to his baby. Yes. I think the second thing that I noticed as we wrap up is that our darkest moments are usable by God. And even if we don't deserve what is happening to us, what Joel and Carrie tell their kids, we can still shine like Jesus. And I want to thank Luke and Carrie and Joel. Yes. Just thank you for allowing us to share your story. Thank you for allowing us to point other people to Christ today because of what you went through. I think it is very strong and courageous to not only have gone through it, but then to allow other people the blessing it has been an honor to be with you today, and it has been an honor to be with you, Miss Izenga. 
Thank you, Christy. You're welcome. If you haven't, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if this story might bless someone you know, feel free to share it with them. And if you or someone you know has an even if moment, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at info, I-N-F-O, at evenifpodcast.com. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.